Hello, everyone. This is Mark Davis, and I want to welcome you to the Gospel Explorations podcast, where we gather together each week to take time to explore God's Word to learn how we ought to live in this present age. I'm glad you've chosen to spend some time with us today. Let's jump into today's episode. Well, hello and welcome back. We're glad to have you joining us again for Gospel Explorations. Uh, Today, we're going to be wrapping up Matthew chapter number four. And so if you have your Bibles or maybe hop on your phone, uh, let's look at Matthew chapter four. We're going to look at verses 18 through the end of the chapter, Matthew chapter 18, uh, Matthew chapter four, excuse me, verses 18 through 25, as we close out uh, Matthew chapter number four. If you have your Bibles, follow along as I read, starting in verse number 18. The Bible says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, and a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Verse 23, And Jesus went all about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought into him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. So we see here in this passage, really kind of uh, Jesus calling his first disciples, and then the ministry of Christ really taking off, uh, as we find here in Matthew chapter number four. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus saw two brothers uh, casting their nets into the sea. Now, this was not the first time that Jesus encountered these men. Matter of fact, in the book of John chapter 1 and Luke chapter 5, we see um, a description of previous encounters of Christ uh, with these men. But this is the first time that Jesus called them to leave their professions and follow him with a full-time commitment. And, you know, sometimes I think that we're tempted to think, oh, these guys are fishermen. Uh, They probably were poor. They didn't have a whole lot understand that the fishing industry at this time and this culture was extremely prosperous. And fishermen were not necessarily poor. Uh, We know that Zebedee's family in Mark chapter 1, verse 20, employed workers. And so um, these James and John came from probably a well-to-do family. Uh, Their dad had a great business, if you will, and they were probably um, standing to uh, take over the business in his stead. And the reality is Jesus called them to leave that behind to follow him. And it's interesting that when we find Jesus calling the apostles, um, really, when we find Jesus calling people in general, God usually calls calls people uh, who are busy doing something. Uh, This says here they were casting their net into the sea. They were mending their nets. And so they were busy doing work. And uh, God rarely calls or... to my knowledge, I'm not going to say never, I don't know 100%, but we just don't find God calling people sitting around doing nothing in Scripture. Um, he calls those who are busy. 
And I got to thinking about it. Um, when he called Saul, he was looking for his father's donkeys. When he called David, he was keeping his father's sheep. Uh, when he came to the shepherds and he called them to put them to work at the proclamation of Christ's birth, they were busy keeping their flocks. Uh, Matthew, when he called Matthew, he was working at the tax collector's table. When he called Moses, Moses was busy tending his father-in-law's flock. When he came to Gideon, Gideon was in the process of threshing wheat. And so we see all these examples where God is calling people and they're first busy uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then he calls them to greater things uh, to follow him. But look what Jesus says to them. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now we need to understand that in that day, it was customary uh, that a rabbi would have disciples, that they, that a rabbi would have a group of men that would be with him constantly to learn from him. That wasn't uncommon. And so Jesus is offering these men an education, and uh, and in return, he's asking them to follow him. And so they understood by that phrase that they were going to be giving up their occupations, whatever it might be, uh, to then come and sit at his feet and to learn as a as a student of a rabbi, that was not uncommon. And they literally followed him around to absorb his teaching and to, uh, and to learn from the rabbi, which in this specific situation would be Jesus. But there were other rabbis that were doing similar things as far as having a group of men who would follow them around and would learn from them. So this wasn't uncommon that Jesus is calling these disciples to follow him. And ultimately, um, as he called them to follow him, they began to understand that he was the Messiah, and it and it went even further uh, than what maybe they originally had thought they were being called to. Uh, truth be told, uh, from the very beginning. But it's interesting. The Bible says in verse number twenty one, and they straightway left their nets. The idea was that they immediately left their nets. They left the boat. They left all the things that they knew maybe where there was safety and security and that occupation and that place to follow after Christ. And the immediate response of these disciples really is a great example to us even today, uh, that they followed him immediately. And the reality is, is following Christ often calls us to leave some things behind. Consider the Samaritan woman when Jesus came to her uh, to follow Christ. She left behind uh, her picture. When Matthew came to follow Christ, he left behind the tax collector's table. Uh, When blind Bartimaeus followed Christ, he left behind his cloak. And so the reality is that sometimes, most of the time when God calls us to follow after him, he's calling us to leave something behind so that we can follow after something greater in his stead as we follow him. And then Matthew immediately opens up in verse 23 24 and 25, and he just kind of lays out for us um, a description of Jesus's early ministry. It says, and Jesus went all about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So again, because he's a rabbi, uh, because he's a teacher and he has these people that are following him as his students, uh, the customs of that day of the synagogue would have been that Jesus was given many opportunities to to teach and to preach because as a rabbi coming to the synagogue, it was a position of prominence. And so it was 
uh, it was regularly accepted that these visiting rabbis, these uh, individuals who were teachers of the law, these people who were uh, well-versed in the law, um, who were teaching others, would have kind of an open floor, an open forum uh, to preach and to teach. And so this was made it available to Jesus Christ. And what did he do? He went around teaching and preaching. Of course, um, proclaiming the good news of the gospel, the Bible tells us the gospel of the kingdom. And in the process of that, he healed all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And his ability to heal them uh, with these different diseases demonstrated that he had authentic power over the damage that was done by the fall of man. He, he was reversing uh, the effects of sin because of the fall and these individual lives with uh, sickness and disease. And so we see that this, again, was God um, giving a, a stamp of approval, if you will. People were able to see, oh, this guy claims to be the Messiah, and look what he can do, unlike anyone else. Surely this must be the Son of God. And so the picture here is that um, he was going about doing these things to proclaim the good news of the kingdom and also uh, to use it as an opportunity uh, to prove that he was exactly who he said he was. And then it says in verse 24 that his fame went throughout Assyria and they brought him to all sick people that were taken with divers diseases. And uh, all these people were coming to him, those who... He said, uh, who said what they were uh, possessed with devils, those who were lunatic, those who had palsy. And what did Christ do? It says he healed them. You know, the scriptures tell us that um, the world could not contain all the volumes that would that could be written about the life of Christ. And I believe that well beyond what we find in the pages of scripture, uh, Christ was busy in the process of healing and restoring uh, lives, uh, relationships, families, he was busy. That was that was the kingdom work that he was called to do, was in the process of preaching the gospel, of proclaiming the kingdom that was to come. He was giving them a hope uh, to make it through the life where they were currently living, and it, and it helped connect the two, help them understand uh, that this Jesus, this one who came from God, this one who claimed to be the Son of God, had some sort of power, some sort of ability different from anyone else, and was able to deliver on the very things that he said. Why is that important? Because he was calling them to the kingdom of God, which was not yet to be established. And it was a, a spiritual kingdom. And so it was making a correlation that if he could do on earth things that no one else could do, surely he could do in heaven or in the future or in a spiritual sense, those things that no one else could do. And ultimately, the, rea the reality was, verse number 25, and there were great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. So Jesus had uh, all these people following him. The Bible says it was great multitudes of people. We have no idea how many that is, uh, but the purpose, the, the primary focus of his ministry was not to impress these people with miracles. It was to preach the gospel of the kingdom. It was to preach the truth of uh, what eternity held. That's why even we, when we look back a little bit earlier in Matthew chapter 4, we see that his message was the same as John the Baptist. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so the reality is uh, he was preparing these people uh, for eternity. That's what he wanted to do. That's what he came to do. The Bible tells us that he came to seek and to save that 
which was lost. And so these people from all over followed Jesus. And um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they were uh, faithful or true disciples or solid disciples, uh, but the reality is that his ministry, uh, his itinerant ministry, where he began to uh, reach to the multitudes, uh, really begins here at the end of Matthew chapter 4, as he leaves Galilee and he begins his earthly ministry in a very significant way. Uh, the, the multitudes are being drawn to him, and he's using that as an opportunity then to share the good news of the kingdom to come. Next time we're together, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5. We can't wait to see you again. Thanks for listening. I hope that you've been both encouraged and challenged today. If you want to connect with us further, please be sure to check us out on the web at gospelexplorations.com. We look forward to having you join us again next time.